Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company. You can find out more by visiting the website, johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Naples Illustrated, bringing you infinite luxury lifestyles. The website is naplesillustrated.com. We've got great guests for today's show, including Keith Flaw. Keith is the co-founder of the Florida Citizens Alliance. We'll be uh, continuing our conversation about public education in Florida. Byron Donalds is our state representative and candidate for U.S. Congress, a candidate that I support. We'll visit with Byron, as well as Seton Motley, the founder and president about, of Less Government. Uh, Seton has uh, a bone to pick with China about the food they're delivering to us in trade. We'll also visit with Naples' former mayor, Bill Barnett. It is April the 16th, and on this day in 2007, a sad day indeed, 32 people died after being gunned down on campus of Virginia Tech by Sung Hoi Cho, a student at the college who later died by suicide. The Virginia Tech shooting began around 7.15 a.m. when Cho, a 23-year-old senior and English major at Blacksburg-based Virginia Polytechnic Institute, VPI, and State University shot a female freshman and a male resident uh, assistant at a campus dormitory before fleeing the building. Police soon on the scene, unaware of the gunman's identity, then initially pursued the female victim's boyfriend as a suspect in what they believed to be an domestic, uh, isolated domestic violence in incident. However, around 9.40 a.m., he was armed with a 9mm handgun, a 22 caliber handgun, and hundreds of rounds of ammunition, entered a classroom building, chained and locked several main doors, and went from room to room shooting people. Approximately 10 minutes after the rampage began, he died of a self-inflicted gunshot wound. Uh, the attack left 32 people dead and more than a dozen wounded. In all, 27 students and 5 faculty members died in the massacre. Two days later, on April the 18th, NBC News received a package of materials from Cho with a timestamp indicating he had mailed it from the Virginia Post Office between the first and second shooting attacks. Contained in the package were photos of a gun-wielding Cho, along with a rambling video diatribe in which he ranted about wealthy brats, among other topics. In the aftermath of the Virginia Tech shooting, authorities found no evidence that Cho, who was born in South Korea and moved to America with his family in 1992, had specifically targeted any of his victims. The public soon learned that Cho, described by students as a loner who rarely spoke to anyone, had a history of mental health problems. It was also revealed that angry, violent writings Cho made for certain class assignments had raised concerns among some of his professors and fellow students well before the events of April the 16th. In 2011, Virginia Tech was fined by the U.S. Department of Education for failing to issue prompt campus-wide warnings that Cho shot his first two victims. I think this uh, story just undermines the need for more mental health surveillance without government privacy, without government interfering with their privacy. We need to be more concerned about people who have mental health issues and not only concerned, but to also have solutions. And also the whole notion of gun-free zones, which VPI was at the time, if one of those professors, five of them who died, had been armed, perhaps uh, less violence and murder mayhem would have occurred. Just my opinion. Well, this year is turning out to be an historically dry as well as driest in decades here in Collier County. Not only has it been hot, winds have also conspired to dry out the landscape enough so that the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration declared last week nearly all of Florida being a moderate drought. Collier is among the driest counties in the state, scoring upwards of 700 on the Keech Byram drought index, which is a measure of moisture levels in the soils and plants. Zero marks extremely wet times, and 750 is the ceiling. We're at 700, so it's pretty severe, as you can see. It's about as dry as you can get. 
Uh, the South Florida Water Management District says Lee and Collier counties are about 4.2 inches below normal wetness or rainfall for this time of year. That's about 33% of normal rainfall from January through April the 15th, according to district records. The good news is it's definitely possible we could see some rain in the coming week in southwest Florida, and Thursday we'll have our first chance as the front moves through the region. That's good news. We do need the rain. Well, U.S. stocks fell yesterday as dismal economic data and first quarter earnings reported compounded concerns over the extent of damage from the coronavirus outbreak. In further evidence of uh, economic damage from the coronavirus, U.S. retail sales plunged 8.7% in March. Manufacturing output dropped by uh, the most in over 74 years, and a survey showed manufacturing activity in New York State plunged in April to its lowest in a series history. The Dow Jones Industrial Average fell 445 points yesterday. Uh, that's uh, right now being, it was down actually over 600, so it was a nice comeback at the end of the day. That was good news, and the futures are up, the Dow futures are up over 100 right now, so hopefully it'll hold on to the gains uh, garnered at the end of the day yesterday and in going into today's trading. President Donald Trump confirmed yesterday that the White House Coronavirus Task Force would release new guidelines for reopening the country today. The battle continues, but the coronavirus response coordinator Deborah Burks said that in the last five or six days showed declines in coronavirus cases across the country. But she said the Americans should still practice social distancing guidelines, acknowledging that asymptomatic carriers of the virus could sp still spread the disease. Data suggests that the nationwide, we have passed the peak on cases, Trump said. Hopefully that will continue and we will continue to make great progress, said Burks. Uh, other states uh, were still managing more cases, such as Rhode Island, where the virus was spreading from both the metro areas of Boston and New York City. Each of these governors and each of these mayors will have to make some decisions after the guidelines are put out, said Burks. Pence revealed that 24% of counties in the United States have no reported coronavirus cases, and less than half of the states in the United States have less than 2,500 cases per state. He acknowledged, however, that some states would continue to practice social distancing guidelines. We're going to reflect on the fact that, as the president said, there are areas of the country that will require continued mitigation. I don't know about you, but I plan on continuing mitigation until this thing is gone. And by that, I mean just distancing, social distancing, not necessarily all the severe uh, measures that we have in place right now. It's just good health practice. President Trump announced during the White House address yesterday that he's considering adjourning Congress and use it's making me smile and using its absence to make political appointments. If the House will not agree to adjournment, I will exercise my constitutional authority to adjourn both chambers of Congress, he said, and apparently he has this authority in the Constitution. The president claimed, I don't think it's ever been done, though, the president claimed his administration is understaffed and blamed congressional Democrats for holding up his confirmations and stonewalling his agenda. Trump added that he has constitutional authority to dismiss both chambers and accuse Congress of failing the American people and shirking their responsibilities as elected leaders. The current practice of leaving town while conducting phony pro forma sessions is a dereliction of duty and the American people cannot afford during this crisis, he said. It's a scam, uh, what they do, he said, and it is a scam, uh, of what that would allow us to have recess appointments for the, for the president and get these people appointed. He pointed out that some people have been waiting for over two years to get the appointment. They've left their jobs and so forth. They're ready to go, but Congress just uh, moves just moves very slowly, taking the maximum time for these confirmations. While Democrats in Georgia are vowing to take revenge against a colleague who voiced his support for President Trump but said he would remain a Democrat. Now, I'm repeating this story because, again, it's just something else that makes me smile. This guy, here's what he said. It's very simple to me. President Trump's handling of the economy, his support for historically black colleges, his criminal justice initiatives drew me to endorse his campaign State Representative Vernon Jones said to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution last this week, and Jones represents one of the most Democratic districts in Georgia and has held a seat representing parts of DeKalb and Rockdale counties in the suburbs of Atlanta since 2017. 
Local Democrats voiced outrage at Jones's announcement this week. I'm aware that Representative Vernon Jones has endorsed Donald Trump, tweeted John Jackson, chairman of the DeKalb County Democrat Party. This in no way is acceptable. Actions will be taken, he said. Steering committee also meeting on Thursday. I will address this more later, he tweeted. Jackson did not specify what action he or the body would take against Jones. Nakima Williams, the chairwoman of the state Democrat Party, called Jones an embarrassment. Look, this is all about groupthink, isn't it? And uh, the guy, he's telling the truth, and they want to take action against him. He made clear today, by choosing to stand with a racist president who has made an all-out assault on black Americans, see, she just interprets it just totally different, and he's tried to rip away our health care, she said. Vernon Jones doesn't speak for Georgians, and neither does Donald Trump, which is why Georgians will send him home in November 2020. Well, you know what? I have my doubts about that, quite frankly. I wonder if uh, perhaps what Vernon Jones has done might uh, uh, have other uh, black people in DeKalb County saying, you know what, maybe he's right. Maybe he's done a great job for us. And what have people, what have the Democrats done in the past? Probably not much. So he may have an impact on the politics in Georgia. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. Visit johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Naples Illustrated, bringing you infinite luxury lifestyles. The website is naplesillustrated.com. By the way, when you go to the website, uh, subscribe to On the Town. It's a weekly publication of highlights going on here in Collier County. All right, coming up, Keith Flaw, the co-founder of the Florida Citizens Alliance. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of The Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabees.com and stop by Lulabee's Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m., seven days a week. Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabee's Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Shore Playhouse is passionately committed to enriching our cultural landscape by producing professional theater to the highest artistic standards with six full productions this season. But did you know that Gulf Shore Playhouse brings unique theater education programs and opportunities for children, teens, and adults alike? Education is a vital component of Gulf Shore Playhouse's mission, providing programs aimed at enriching the lives of our children, teens, and students of all ages. Each offering provides real-life skills and learning experiences that are invigorating, nurturing, and readily accessible to every member of our community thanks to the scholarships and reduced-price programming for our region's most deserving students. From in-school residencies and pre-professional theater training to community partnerships, audience engagement, and student matinees. The goal is to inspire creativity, encourage self-expression, and support the blossoming of self-confidence, collaboration, and a deep appreciation for the arts. With each passing year, Gulf Shore Playhouse continues to touch the lives of tens of thousands of students throughout Southwest Florida. Isn't it time that a young person in your life finds out more? For more information about student camps and the Teen Conservatory, visit the website golfshoreplayhouse.org. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability, creating policies and programs to get able-bodied folks off of welfare and back to work. Well, it's an initiative that will continue after the pandemic's over, but the website, check it out. It's thefga.org. 
Coming up, we're going to visit with our state representative and candidate for U.S. Congress, Byron Donalds. Right now we have with us Keith Flaws. I mentioned before the break, he is the co-founder of the Florida Citizens Alliance. Keith, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, good morning, Bob. Good morning, Keith. Tell us about the Florida Citizens Alliance. Well, we're a grassroots coalition of now well over 100 groups across the state, and we focus on uh, K-12 education reform. And um, that's actually what I'd like to talk a little bit about today. One of our, uh, one of our key founding principles was uh, to inspire the rebirth of, of liberty and to protect and preserve our founding values and principles. And uh, what we're seeing today, uh, it's, it's just amazing, is what we're seeing is the, and witnessing is the voluntary participation in the destruction of our Constitution and individual rights across this country because of the reaction to this coronavirus. I couldn't agree more. My overriding concern about this whole thing right now is where will we end up in terms of our freedoms uh, and uh, our liberty after this is all over? And you can just see the encroachment of what's happening I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about the Tucker Carlson interview last night with the governor of New Jersey. Did you see that? Yeah, I did. I thought, in fact, that was one of the, uh, the things I wanted to highlight in this uh, interview. Uh, I thought Tucker did an artful job of of setting up um, and and then and then closing. He, he set it up by uh, starting out with, uh, you know, why is it? What what what? Why did you make the decision to keep liquor stores open? And uh, the governor uh, uh, came around to the point by saying, well, uh, his advisors and he were convinced that if he closed liquor stores, that it would have an effect on the mental health. And because of the dependency people have on liquor, it would have a, a, a negative effect on their health and well-being. And then Carlson went on to say, the next point was, well, why did you, uh, why did you decide it was okay to close churches? Uh, don't the don't the churches and and the and the people who believe in their faith and pray don't don't they really benefit from from the well being of, of of that activity? And uh, the governor's response is well he met with all of the uh, many of the church leaders and they voluntarily agreed that what they were doing was right. Uh, uh, Carlson then came back and I thought this was amazing. He said, "What gives you the authority?" as the elected official of, of the state of New Jersey to take away the First Amendment rights of the freedom of religion and the, and the freedom to assemble. Yeah, I mean, I, I think what he said was, uh, what about the Bill of Rights? Did you give that any consideration in your decision? Right. <laughs> he uh, said, no, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he admitted that he didn't. Yeah. It was, no, uh, it just, uh, it was just amazing. And then we see this across the, the country. And you know, there are many examples, of course, Michigan, uh, Governor Whitmore up there and what she's doing, Mississippi. We actually saw our own Board of County Commission attempt to do this a couple weeks ago. They were just going to throw our Constitution under the bus um, and felt they had the, the, the right to do that. It's just amazing. Yeah, tell us about what the uh, the Cuyahoga County Commissioners did. I wasn't, I'm not aware of this. Oh, yeah. The, a couple weeks ago, in fact, uh, a number of us were there and testified. Uh, they, had, they attempted uh, to... Um, in, in fact, uh, Byron Donalds, who's your next uh, uh, speaker, uh, was there and did a, an excellent job along with uh, uh, Representative Rommel. But uh, what they tried to do was put an ordinance in place uh, that picked and choose the winners of what, what businesses could stay open and what businesses had to close. Mm. Uh, and uh, a number of us were there. Uh, it was a four-hour hearing, a special hearing. Uh, and... Uh, and we ended up, at least in the short term, convincing it that they had no business doing that. But they yeah. they attempted to. Well, uh, all out of all out of fear. A lot of fear. Yeah, well, the fear is a, is a quite a motivator, and of course, we're seeing this in Michigan in Michigan right now. It's just great to see the people protesting against the usurpation of power by the governor of the state of Michigan. And uh, there is a protest. They're driving around. They're keeping their social distancing, not breaking the laws, but uh, kind of jamming up traffic in the capital. And uh, she's done some done some pretty atrocious things. You know, I, I said this yesterday, and I'll say it again on the show. In a crisis. Some people say, uh, just do something, and I suggest, no, why don't you undo something? <laughs> and what we've yeah, seen right. is, for example, regulations that are getting in the way of getting through this process of uh, uh, getting drugs approved and all kinds of things that we need in order to get in a safe place with regard to the pandemic. A lot of the things that are holding us up are the regulations that are getting in the way, so it's a great opportunity for the president to 
undo something. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I don't know if you're aware of it, but uh, it was probably eight or nine years ago now, one of our Supreme Court justices here in Florida uh, did a survey. Mm. Uh, and he went out to the people of Florida and uh, said, without peeking, without looking it up, name the five rights in the First Amendment. Uh, you know that only 2% of the people in Florida can do that? It's not surprising. If you don't know your rights, how do you know when they're being taken away? Yeah. And what we're witnessing is people, you know, this is the failure of our education system for two generations. Mm-hmm. We're not teaching our constitutional values to our kids. And now those kids are voters, <laughs> and those kids are, are voluntarily giving up their rights. It just drives me nuts. Well, and, and uh, you, you the, the voila, what's the result of that, of course, is the followers of Bernie Sanders wanting Medicare for all and all these different atrocious things that really encroach on our rights. I think you're absolutely right, and uh, it's it's really a shame. And kids, it, just think about this: the irony that kids. What do they want more than anything else? Freedom. <laughs> kids right. want freedom from parental uh, oppression and school oppression, all kinds of things. They want freedom, and yet we don't teach them what protects their freedom when they become adults and come responsible for their own lives. Exactly. I mean, uh, it just uh, it's it's amazing to watch what's going on, and uh, so many. Um, and so many people across the country uh, are, are, like I said at the beginning, they're voluntarily participating in in the willful destruction of of, of our constitution and their, and their individual rights. Well, coming coming back you, coming back full circle, though, I do believe the president and the way he's conducting himself by creating guidelines for opening up uh, the states. I think uh, I think he's doing a pretty good job of not crossing the boundary. What are your thoughts? No, I, I agree. Um, uh, you know, th- that gets into another whole discussion of how do we get into this place with these faulty models yeah. uh, that, that, you know, that, uh, and, and now, um, you know, the, the results, that, and, and, and it was it, it was just, uh, I, I would argue that we way overreacted. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and, uh, and, uh, they, well we are where we are, and I think he is doing a, 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 a great job of, of managing through that. But we have to get our bit, we have to get our country open. That's right. Uh, and and I think one of the things that is to allow the American people to make their own decisions with regard to their own personal health and their financial well-being. People can decide not to go to work if they're vulnerable to the disease. Uh, so, and not to say that there won't people that are, are going to die. I mean, people will die. People will get sick. But, you know, we see the death rate now is at about 0.4%. Right. And uh, we should move forward. And uh, we risk life. Life, has, life is risky. <laughs> so yeah, we, We're all going to die someday. <laughs> exactly right. Again, Keith Law, the co-founder of the Florida Citizens Alliance, terrific organization. Keith, you and Pastor Rick have done a fantastic job in just eight years of getting us to where you have tremendous influence in Tallahassee and protecting kids' education, parental rights. I encourage our listeners to go to the website, uh, goflca.org, goflca.org, and check it out. Very robust website. Keith, genuinely appreciate you coming on the show. Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, thank you, Bob. Have a great weekend. You as well. Thank you. Uh, coming up. We're going to visit with Byron Donalds, our state representative, a candidate for U.S. Congress. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Blue Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Lyndon and myself. Located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, Blue Provence offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. During the governor's stay-at-home notice, Blue Provence is offering pick-up curbside takeout options five nights a week, Tuesday through Saturday. To place an order, just call 261-8239 Tuesday through Saturday from 4 to 7 p.m. A 20% discount will be applied on all food orders during these unprecedented times. Compliment your order with amazing wines from the Blue Provence Retail Wine Store, offering amazing choice and value. Blue Provence Wine Store is open Monday to Saturday, 9 to 12 p.m., and has one of the most eclectic and fun wine cellars offering 10% off cases. Visit BlueProvenceNaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. 
Do you have an extra auto you'd like to donate to charity? Maximize your tax deduction, support your favorite charity, and help a local child in need by calling Naples Auto Donation Center. Naples Auto Donation Center is a not-for-profit licensed car dealer. Just call NADC at 692-9840 and they'll take it from there. You get a properly documented tax deduction for whatever the vehicle actually sells for. Your designated beneficiary charity gets half the profit after fix-up costs and the net revenue generated by NADC goes to Friends of Foster Children to provide tutoring and other enrichment activities for foster children the government doesn't provide. And NADC is also one of the few places in Collier County that sells inexpensive cars that actually run to folks who would otherwise not be able to afford one. It's a real win-win. Call Naples Auto Donation Center at 692-9840 or visit the website nadckids.com. You'll be glad you did. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Gulf Shore Playhouse, bringing you professional New York-style theater at its very best. And, of course, the season's been canceled, the balance of the season. But next season has already been planned, and it's up and running. Big education programs going this summer. Check it out at gulfshoreplayhouse.org. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Right now, we have with us our state set, uh, state representative and candidate for U.S. Congress, Byron Donalds. Byron, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning, Bob. How you doing? I'm good, Byron. I hope you're doing well, you and your family. Uh, yeah, we are. Everybody here is safe and healthy, and uh, like I think like everybody else, trying to get through this as quickly as we can. Yeah, and... Uh, you know, I'm I'm curious. I, I love your perspective on what's happening, not only in the state but also in the in, in the federal government. And we're seeing the shutdown now. I I would appreciate your comments and thoughts about the recovery and where we go from here. I think we've done a good, pretty good job with social distancing, in my opinion. Maybe even overreacted to the coronavirus pandemic. What are your thoughts? Uh, I'm actually really concerned. Uh, I, I think that we have a situation here where the you know the 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 treatment is gonna be worse than a disease. Yeah. Um, you know, coronavirus obviously is contagious. Everybody knows this. Um, there is uh, the real possibility of death for people who are elderly or have or have uh, extenuating health issues. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows that. Mm-hmm. But government is not and can it can never take care of the the well being of of the American people and. And societies and cities over a large spectrum. I think the the great debate we've been having in our politics, you know, capitalism versus socialism, the last couple of years, really the last decade in this country, that that debate is for socialism is coming to a resounding defeat, and we're seeing it all around us. The government, um, right, wrong, or indifferent, is having to respond to do everything they can to try to keep the economy and, and, and Americans afloat during this shutdown mm-hmm. um, simply because, uh, for obvious reasons, we're concerned about a, a viral outbreak that will cost the lives of, of many Americans, uh, um, tens of thousands of Americans. Some models early on had it millions of Americans. And mm-hmm. I think that's kind of what drove the, the, the point of all these orders at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, but what's really happening, Bob, is that People are losing jobs in droves. Jobless claims are 16 million in America. They're going to go up higher than that. Mm-hmm. Um, the banking system is already starting to report um, tens of billions of dollars set aside for loan loss reserves, mm-hmm. uh, simply because they feel that there's going to be a lot of loans that are going to go go into default. The government's trying to do everything they can through the CARES Act, while at the same time trying to negotiate uh, new funding into the small business loan program, and that that loan program was exhausted inside of a week mm-hmm. um, and they're trying to negotiate more another 250 billion dollars which will probably be gone in another week i think it's crystal clear from what we're seeing from an economic perspective is that the federal government doesn't have the ability to keep the economy afloat the only thing that can keep the economy afloat are americans actually working yep. uh pursuing wealth maintaining capital and building for their families and for their futures absolutely and until we get back to that virus or no virus we're going to be in for an economic 
I hate to use the word disaster. Disaster, depression. I mean, it's it, the pace of an economic disaster we've never seen. Absolutely, I totally agree with that. And uh, who's the best person to make a decision about your personal health? I would suggest it's you. It's you. And each of us has the capacity. Some of us make worse decisions than others. Some of us make better decisions than others. I get that. And some people will put themselves in harm's way. I get that, too. But the point is that uh, given the fact that we are concerned about our own personal well-being, we should make decisions about when we can go back to work. And I think business owners, they're concerned about their employees and the bottom line, and as well as the distribution of the product or service. They can make good decisions, too. So let's create some guidelines, and let's get back to work. I agree, and I think that, you know, I think the president definitely is trying to get there. Mm-hmm. Um, you can hear it in every news, every press conference that he has. And mm-hmm. While the media decides <clears throat> to focus on the so, so many like minute and unimportant things that he might say in the midst of a two-hour press conference, but that's the media for you. Um, they just rather do things to try to destroy this president than actually help the country and move the country forward. Um, so I think his mind is already there. Like We have to get this thing open. I think that we have several governors whose minds are already there. Like We have to get this thing back open. Um, I will tell you from a state perspective, it's not clear what the, the real damage of the stay-at-home orders and, and shuttering of businesses uh, is yet. We, we don't really have the data yet to ascertain that. We'll probably get that in another month. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to tell you, when Disneyland is closed, when Disney World is closed for a month, uh, it's, it's not, it's not going to be good. No, right, 43,000. It's going to have a deleterious effect on so many lives, frankly, of the very people that the political left always says they want to save and help. Uh, they're the people that are being crushed by this. Well, it's it's just shameful what we're seeing on the left, too. Nancy Pelosi is referring to the president's uh, response to the coronavirus as, quote-unquote, almost sinful in a two-hour conference call yesterday. Uh, right now, a group of 90 House and Senate Democrats are demanding the president stop building the wall on the uh, Mexico border right now because of the coronavirus. Uh, They just seem to be uh, out of touch with what's going on right now. Instead of trying to save the country, they're just trying to be obstreperous and difficult. Well, what they're focused on is politics. And and let's be clear, they have one focus in mind, and that's to beat the president. Mm -hmm. They find themselves in the most enviable political position. The media does obviously hates the president, mm-hmm. and the president's really not too fond of the media either, so right. there you go. Um, the, the media always cover for the Democrats anyway, right? and they're not, and they're not in a position of power, really, in, in government. And so they have the full ability to sit there and throw spitballs and just say whatever they want and not to be held accountable, because they have that one goal in mind, and it's making Donald Trump a one-term president. Uh, uh, virus or whatever else happens, happens as far as they're concerned. It's really disgusting, especially when you looked at the negotiations that were going on with the CARES Act uh, behind the scenes on Capitol Hill. And it took another three or four days for that legislation to pass. Um, I mean, the, the level of funding and stimulus funding uh, is was monstrous. Right. But you, but you have to take into account that if government is going to be the, the thing that stops the economy from moving, then government does have a responsibility to step in to try to help people continue their lives and stay on their feet until the economy comes back. Because it will come back, Bob. That's right. I think that part's clear. Yeah, that's right. That's simply because people, number one, are sick and tired of sitting in their house. Right. Number two, people always have the innate desire to go and to earn something and to, and to build something and to do something. And so when you have those two innate desires there, that's, that's why I think the, the economy is going to come back. The, the issue isn't the American people wanting to work or wanting to run their businesses or even wanting to earn money through their businesses. And as a result of that, they hire people to help them do that. The issue is, is government going to get out of the way? And exactly. what guidelines are going to go along with us doing the things that people normally do in their everyday lives? And I think that if, if the quicker we get back to that, um, the better. And I know that there are going to be people who disagree with me because of the, the mortality factor with this virus. But like I said at the beginning, the, 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 the treatment for this public health crisis is going to be far worth, worse than the public health crisis itself. 
Couldn't agree more. Again, Byron Donalds, uh, our state representative, must uh, also congratulate you. You raised over $330,000 in the first quarter for your campaign. We didn't get a chance to talk about that right now, but I would I, you know, I definitely support Byron Donalds for U.S. Congress. He will be an outstanding representative for us in our district. I encourage our listeners to go to your website, uh, byrondonalds.com, byrondonalds.com. Check it out. And, of course, money is the mother milk of politics. Byron could use your support, so make a donation as well. Byron, generally, I genuinely appreciate you coming on the show. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, Bob. You have a wonderful day. You as well. Thank you, Byron. All right, coming up, we're going to visit with Seton Motley. Seton is the founder and president of Less Government. We're going to do that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. <laughs> Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harton Show here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. For the best in food and drink, as well as great live entertainment, go to the Dog Two Sports and Music Bar. Formerly known as Weekend Willie's, the Dog Two Sports and Music Bar has terrific new local owners offering a great new upscale decor and a fabulous new menu. Linda and I are weekly regulars to hear live blues, but you can stop by anytime for great food and drink, to watch your favorite sporting event, or to hear great live entertainment five nights a week. The Dog Two Sports and Music Bar is located at 5310 Shirley Street, just off Pine Ridge Road. And it's open from 11 a.m. until close every day. Visit the website dogtoothnaples.com or call 431-7004. That's 431-7004. I hope we'll see you there. As Southwest Florida is impacted by the coronavirus crisis, the organizations that provide relief and support to our community's most vulnerable population are finding their resources stretched. For 32 years, St. Matthew's House has provided food, shelter, and comfort to those struggling with poverty, food insecurity, and homelessness. St. Matthew's House is the only emergency homeless shelter in Cuyahoga County, sheltering more than 300 men, women, and children every night and providing more than 500,000 meals each year to those in need. For those who have shelter but are food insecure, direct assistance is offered through the St. Matthew's House Food Pantry and Grocery Distribution. Donations of food, hygiene supplies, detergent, diapers, and monetary support are needed. Curbside drop-off is available at St. Matthew's House Main Thrift Store at 2601 Airport Road, South Naples. St. Matthew's House is a 501c3 not-for-profit organization that does not solicit government funding. For more information, visit stmatthewshouse.org or call 239-774-0500. That's 774-0500. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Gulf Shore Playhouse, bringing you professional New York-style theater at its very best. You can find out more by visiting the website, gulfshoreplayhouse.org. Coming up, we're going to visit with the former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett, and good friend, I might add. Right now, we have with us Seton Motley, as I mentioned before the break. He is the founder and president of Less Government. Seton, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much, sir. How are you? I'm well, thank you. I hope you're doing well up there in the Washington, D.C. area. Uh, well, thank God I'm an hour away from that, but yes, thank you. <laughs> okay, on the Eastern Shore. Most, one of the most beautiful... Western, 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 Western. Western Shore, one of the most beautiful places in the United States, I think, the, the whole... It's very... I'm, I'm, I, I have to wear sunglasses at my desk right now because the sun's so bright. Wow, yeah. well, that's so good. So, Seton, uh, you wrote what I thought was a very impactful and interesting column about uh, China providing a lot of our food and, and the drugs and food that we consume... And it, it hasn't been all good, so maybe you can tell us about it. Well, this is one of the things where, you know, Trump, since at least the late 80s, has been saying our business dealings with China is absurd and our trade deals in general are absurd. And with this China virus hitting us, we're, we're, we're being, we, the general public is becoming privy to information that only people who, like me, who follow this stuff uh, closely are were aware. For example... Up, upwards of 90% of our pharmaceuticals come from China, are manufactured in China. Right. And I just think that's a staggering number. I think that's unbelievably ridiculous. 
that we have we shouldn't be buying anything we shouldn't be buying anything from china at all period as just a general rule but the fact that the medicine to save us from the china virus has to come from china is just insane that is it's unbelievably stupid it's we've been sold out as trump said by both parties for decades in dc um going all the way back to nixon um and Henry Kissinger, those morons. Um, but so the food, of course, is a problem. Obviously, one of the theories of where this virus came from is, you know, Wuhan for decades or a couple decades has been rumored to be the city where China has bio labs, bioweapons labs. Right. And the rumor is employees are so broke that they test the bioweapons on bats and dogs, and then the employees take the bats and dogs to the wet markets and sell them for Ugh. food. Oh, come on, really? Yes, yes. And, you know, we should, you know, we should ban the way, hell, even, even uh, Bill Maher is calling for a global ban on the wet markets. And a wet, the reason it's called the wet market is the reason cer- certain military teams are called wet teams. It means they get bloody. Yeah. There are live dogs and bats at the wet market. You order one, they kill it and serve it and hand it to you. Right. That's what it is. So, you know, the, you know, the fact that we rely on these people for anything, they don't care about look how they're handling the Wuhan virus in their own amongst their own people. They don't care about the health of their own people. Do we really think they care about ours? Yeah. Well, yeah, one I of the things just it's so stupid and of course we're now going through a conversation of, because of this stupid shutdown, you know, if I see one more headline about the, the, the virus-caused economic meltdown, no, the virus didn't cause this. Bad government policy did. Yep. Shutting down the gu- everything did. Um, but as we go through this, I was just watching uh, CNBC when you called, and there's, you know, Andrew Sorkin, of course, is a left-winger on, on the morning show, and he's complaining that we're prioritizing, for instance, airlines over other things. And, and, and uh, Larry Blankfein, who handled the 9-11 payouts, uh, not the 9-11 payouts, the, he did, he did the 9-11 payouts and the, and the uh, Katrina payouts or something else, uh, or the oil, the oil tank, the oil uh, explosion in the Gulf. And he handled the government payouts for that. And he said, well, the Congress has prioritized that if we don't have an airline industry anymore, we've got a problem nationally for national security and, 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 and other. And, of course, in my article I say, gee, what's more important than domestic food production? Yeah. Well, you know, before you get on a plane, before you do go to work, before you, you know, before you go grocery shopping, you got to eat. Well, <laughs> and... And the fact that we're this reliant on other countries, you know, uh, for our food, you know, we talk about supply chain all the time. What about our food supply chain? Well, here's the thing. we're relying on countries that do not practice the sort of basic hygiene we take for granted here. Yeah. And, you know, we can't, we certainly can't, we're obviously not able to regulate these countries on it, nor should we. You know, if they... If they want to murder bats in, the, in a wet market and then eat them, that's fine. But we shouldn't be ordering anything from a place that does that. Yeah, I would agree with that. Because well, their basic level of hygiene and just, you know, human respect for humanity is, is significantly lower than ours, and we probably shouldn't rely on them for very much. No, I, could, I couldn't agree more. I mean, the, you remember the little scandal about uh, baby food having poison in it. Where did the baby... Yeah, Baby food, the poison pet food, yeah. yeah. That came from China. All of it, all of it was, I, I, in the article, I, you, you know how I love to do those link avalanches, the headline link avalanches. Right. I give like 10 or 15 examples of different food products uh, for humans and in, in, in one or two instances pets that were poisoned or, 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 you know, poison indicates intent, maybe it was just accidental, but they were, they were bad and sent out of China to us. Yeah. So we need to get control of our food chain and food supply. And to your point, we need to have as, as, as soon as possible, we need to get, move our uh, food production and uh, drug, and I'm talking about medical drugs, uh, to, uh, to the United States and not in China, for, for crying out loud. It, it, 
ninety. It's like ninety six percent of our drugs come from China. It's it's the dumbest thing in the world. Absolutely. Again, Seton Motley, the founder and president of uh, Less Government. At lessgovernment.org. You can also visit Less Government on uh, Facebook. Seton, always appreciate your commentary here in the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much, sir. Have a great day. And you as well. Thank you, Seton. All right, coming up, we're going to visit with the former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett. And always appreciate his friendship and insight into what's happening here in the Paradise Coast. We'll be talking to Bill. We'll do that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Do you or a family member suffer from chronic pain in your knees, hips, or shoulders? Joint pain can be a nagging and serious problem requiring expert and compassionate care. I know I'm Bob Harden, the host of The Bob Harden Show. Until 2006, I was suffering debilitating pain and deformity in my knees. I couldn't enjoy biking or golf or even sleep without chronic pain as a constant companion. Thanks to Dr. George Markovich and the professional staff at the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine, my pain is gone, and I'm back to doing the activities I enjoy with no pain. I have a lifestyle I can only imagine. Imagine prior to knee surgery, and you can too. Call the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. They will thoroughly evaluate your condition, provide personalized, state-of-the-art treatment, and help you relieve your pain and get back to your active lifestyle. At the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine, your care will be professionally managed through every phase of your recovery. For an initial consultation, call the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine, located off Tamiami Trail in Bonita Springs at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. You listen to The Bob Harden Show, so why not market your company to our loyal listeners? Ads are played live on each show and then archived so listeners can hear the show and your ad at their convenience. Each advertising package includes a banner on BobHarden.com with a link to your website at no extra charge. Join Lulabee's Diner, Johnson's Air Conditioning, Blue Provence, and many others who advertise on the show. Call me at 598-3889, that's 598-3889, or send an email to BobHarden at Hotmail.com to design an ad program that's just right for your business and your budget. You'll be pleasantly surprised at the cost and the value. Several advertisers have been with me for years. Find out why by calling 598-389 or send me an email to bobharden at hotmail.com. You'll be glad you did. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host... Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability, creating policies and programs to get able-bodied folks off of welfare and back to work. And you can find out more by visiting the website, thefga.org. We have with us the former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett. Bill, thank you so much for joining us. Hey, Bob. Well, it's it's always a pleasure to be with you on a Thursday morning. Well, thank you for that, Bill. And you big change in your life now. You were our mayor, and a couple of weeks ago, that all April first, that all changed. And uh, how's it going? Well, it's going well. I mean, uh, you know, everybody kind of thought I was going to go, uh, uh, you know, jump off a bridge or something. <laughs> um, but on the contrary, there aren't a lot of those bridges because they're shallow anyway. That's so right. I, I opted out of that, and uh, we're um, you know we're doing well. It's it's a it definitely is a is an interesting transition. And I think about what's really funny, Bob, is you know you have many friends and listeners and and uh, that that are on that have looked forward all their lives to that retirement day, right? Mm-hmm. They get their gold watch. I didn't get anything, but that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, after you know, twenty five years, the sunset they they ride, and um, and yet um, that wasn't something that I was uh, necessarily looking for right now. Mm-hmm. You know, four years down the road, maybe you know, of course, you'd have to start planning for it and everything. But you know what it is, what it is. And um, as I say, I've been I've been you know keeping relatively busy, uh, walking every day, and uh, there just there just seems to be. Uh, uh, plenty to keep me busy. So. Oh yeah. Well, I know. I know you're still active in uh, the shelter for abused women and children on their board, if I'm not mistaken. And, right. And, Absolutely. And blue zones and just a number of things. So. Uh, and 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 I'll I'll uh, you know people a lot of people have 
you know, a couple of people, I should say, have gotten in touch with me and said, well, we didn't want to call you because we didn't know how you were feeling and whatever mm-hmm. and wanted to thank you for your service. And, you know, so I think that uh, as a little time goes by and this pandemic gets finished up, hopefully, and uh, that um, uh, I'll have a couple of offers, you oh, know. No, There's so many wonderful boards out there, and... Uh, um, so I'm, I'm not worried about not keeping busy. Let's put it that way. Well, absolutely. Well, if nothing else, you could probably officiate weddings and all kinds of, <laughs> all kinds of yeah, things. Yeah, I, I was doing that, you know, that, uh, uh, yeah, that was always an option. I had done that before, even, even when I was mayor. So, you know, but whatever, we'll, um, we'll certainly find, find something, uh, I can be the Bob Harden restaurant reviewer on Thursday mornings, you know, uh, well, but, uh, which by the way, you've done it in your life in the past, which would be great. Great. So I, I, it just reminds me of a story, if you don't mind me. I just uh, no. The guy uh, here's a guy. We're standing in line for something. I forget at some resort during a vacation, and uh, he, he we got into a conversation. He said he used to work in the government. He used to spend every day counting the days until he retired, so he could fish every day. Right. And so I said, "Well, that's so interesting." He says, so "You're retired now." Says, so, "So do you like fishing?" He says, "No, I don't fish anymore." <laughs> <laughs> so it just reminds me how important it is to live in the present, to you know, just take advantage. We don't even know if we're going to make it to retirement. For well, that's, that's just it. You know, you, you, the, the living in the present is, uh, is, is probably a very good thing to carry around in your head. Yeah, no question. You know what I mean? Absolutely. But, so, yeah. So, Bill, uh, the city council had their virtual meeting yesterday. I was wondering if you would uh, had a chance to see it and what your thoughts might be. Well, I'll tell you what, it was, uh, uh, like Chris said, candidly, it was a train wreck. Um, I will say the new mayor has a long way to go. Um, she, uh, she berated about everybody she possibly could, from our city attorney uh. to the city manager uh, to past councils, past mayors, uh, procedures. She, w- she was on a on a power struggle yesterday, she arguing with the uh, city manager about who should take charge uh, during uh, an emergency situation and arguing about the charter. And they lasted, Bob. They went till um, they went till pretty close because Chris and I were waiting for dinner. Uh, we, we were just home like as normal, but uh, they, they they lasted till six o'clock yesterday. Huh. I oh. mean, so I'm, and it's not sour grapes. Yeah, for me, I mean, we're just we're watching and we're, I guess, judging as to, you know, which direction they're going to. And and she would bring up stuff in the past and say, look, all I want to do is move forward. All I want to do is move forward. And so they set a pretty aggressive schedule um, with workshops and uh, and everything else. And um, so we'll we'll have to wait and see. Uh, the the bottom line was that. They really and truly, even though it worked, it worked okay. The virtual meeting, mm-hmm. uh, th- th- I I still maintain they didn't have to have a meeting. And the 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 sad thing was, for the public, they're talking about things like vision and things that we worked so hard on, and you can't have the public there to respond. They said, well, you can you can email. Uh, your comments. It's not the same as being there speaking in front of your, your peers saying why you like something or why you don't. And when you start talking about those issues uh, of the vision and um, uh, uh, Gulf Shore Boulevard and things like that, you, you need the public there. Yeah. Uh, and there wasn't any, you know, they couldn't because you're only allowed 10 people, no, no more than 10 in a room. So it was pretty impossible, yeah. and and that's going to be an issue. So hopefully, the pandemic we will uh, we're starting to we're starting to see some some light at the end of the tunnel. I think you heard that, Bob. Well, I'm, I I do see light at the end of the tunnel. I guess the thing that's on my mind right now is the fact that we need to get back to work. Life is risky. We need to right. take some risks. So I think people are chomping at the bit. I think they want to get back to their jobs to start networking with people. We can certainly do some social distancing, but hey, the con is going to tank if we don't get back to work. Well, I think uh, I think the president is going to um, address that today. From what I understood uh, last yep. night, said that today he's going to 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 say something about that. And I think that there are parts of the country that can definitely definitely start uh, you know um, a trend to get 
to get things opened up again. Right, and, and I would suggest, too, there's some businesses that w people can social distance and still do their jobs. And, right, uh, so, right, so, exactly. Uh, I, I'm for, Bill, uh, instead of the, these draconian measures that are taken by Whitmer and uh, the governor in Michigan and, and others, you know, you can't go to church, but you can't buy a flag, or you can't do this. I mean, right, it's, right. <laughs> they, she has no business making those decisions. We can make uh, those decisions for ourselves. Of course, we can, and and we will. Um, no, no two, no two ways about it. Yeah. No. So, what are your views about how the the governor and the other officials, the uh, legislature, is handling everything that's happening here in Florida? Well, I think in Florida, I think I think they're doing a, a relatively good job. I really do. I think Governor DeSantis really does understand what's going on. Mm -hmm. Okay, I think he wants to get his economy rolling again. Um, and on the other hand, you always have that you always have that caution part. You know yep. that if you start off too fast, and all of a sudden, if it if it uh, uh, you know breaks out again, or the numbers start going up, I heard an interesting um, an interesting real quick. Um, uh, thought from another country last night, so one that had been successful, and, and they, they, they said, you know, you, you start off and you go, and if you see any, any, ch any chance or any rise uh, in the virus again, you shut down for a little while, you know, I mean, you go back, you have to keep that social distance, you have to do some things, so I think there's, would be a there are some procedures that can be worked in. Um, that to make this a, a good transition, there's going to be some issues, of course, but uh, I think you're right. The whole everybody wants to get out; they want to get back to work. Absolutely. Well, and apparently, people can be asymptomatic and, and have the uh, disease without having any of the symptoms of the disease. Right. So, right. Uh, exactly. So, and and the the thing is, if people develop this herd immunity, you know, they actually build up an immunity to the virus if, in fact, right. they get it and and uh, survive it. And with the death rate, death rate, what it is, and I think where we are in the whole process, I say let's be aggressive and get back to work. Would be my right. view. Agreed. Hey, Bill. <laughs> All right. Hey, just I genuinely appreciate your taking the time to come on the show and visit with us. Uh, hey, before I let you go, how's Blue Zones going? Well, Blue Zones, of course, it says has held up as well because I mean, you know, we haven't had any meetings, but Blue Zones has caught on. I mean, there every month there's more and more. Uh, Restaurants and businesses that have that are getting the uh, blue zone uh, seal of approval. Yeah, um, they work hard at it, and uh, um, it's a wonderful program. It really is. It it is healthy living and healthy choices, and our city has really has really embraced it. And uh, I hope that that's going to continue. Well, just a little shout out for blue zones. I mean, we are by many metrics the happiest and healthiest community in the nation and uh, I think that will contribute to our surviving this pandemic and in in good stead I think we could do quite quite well right so uh, another reason why we should get back to work well agreed and uh, look forward to speaking to you next Thursday hey, I appreciate it Bill thanks so much I genuinely appreciate you coming on the show have a good one Bob you, likewise you bye -bye. Well. thank you so much well, that's a wrap here in today's show. I hope you enjoyed it by the way a little piece of information I've read t this morning that Apple, now this is one of the good things coming out of the pandemic. If you happen to have an out-of-date uh, iPhone or Android or whatever you might be using, apparently Apple is rolling out a budget phone for $399. It's the cheapest iPhone in the market right now. So uh, it looks like a pretty good buy. You might want to look into that, uh, check out Apple's website or something like that. I didn't do that, but I just found this little snippet here, and I, th I found it to be somewhat interesting. Well, uh, tomorrow we're going to visit with William Yateman. He is a research fellow at the Cato Institute. By the way, the Cato has uh, made some an interesting announcement this morning. Maybe William and I will talk about it tomorrow. Uh, Bob Rommel is a state representative. He's our state representative, actually. And we're going to visit with him about uh, something that he's done, I think, which is so charitable uh, to support us here on the Paradise Coast. We'll find out about that. We'll visit with Sharon Kenny, the author of Where Should We Eat? Uh, she also writes commentary on travel, 
uh, dining and entertainment, of course, which has been kind of lax recently, but we'll find out when it's going to get going again. And Dave Bigo is the author of The Devil at Our Doorstep, about the travails of dealing with union bosses over the course of a couple of years when they tried to destroy his business because he wouldn't sign a neutrality agreement, which means that they could go by and sign up his employees. Uh, and once they uh, got 50% plus one, he became unionized. He said, no, if you can unionize us, you're going to have to have to do it by secret ballot, and they refused. And he wrote a book about it. It's a really good read. It's called The Devil at Our Doorstep. So I hope you make it a great day on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste. Thanks so much for listening to The Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. For more information and audio files of previous shows, visit www.bobharden.com.